You see, when many people place their faith in Jesus Christ, oftentimes they have this mistaken idea that since they've committed their lives to the Son of God, that all of a sudden their lives are going to be smooth sailing for the rest of their lives. However, we know that that is certainly not the case. Anybody got a testimony to that? Just because you got saved didn't mean that your, prob your life was problem-free. Amen? It's not the case. Now, some people call it adversity. Some people call it trouble. Some people call it heartache. Southern, some people call it distress, misery, affliction, difficulty, perhaps tribulation. But our 13th cornerstone of faith calls it problems. Anybody here had any problems lately? Amen? Well, we all have. Now, we know that while problems do happen in our lives, we also know that walking with Christ can help us to avoid problems. But let's face it. Whether you walk with Christ or not, you're still going to have what the Bible calls trials. These trials may come in the form of a crisis. They may come in the form of sudden illness. Your problems may come in the form of a loss of a loved one or perhaps some other drastic change in your life. But what I want you to know this morning is, is that God doesn't allow you to experience problems because He wants you to suffer. No, God lets you experience problems because, here it comes, He wants you to grow spiritually. God allows you to experience problems in your life because He wants you to grow spiritually through your problems. God wants you and God wants me to learn to live our lives by faith, not by feelings. So with that being said, today's cornerstone helps us to understand the role that our problems play in our lives. So let's look at some of the promises of God regarding our problems. Number one, our problems strengthen our faith. Our problems strengthen our faith. Dealing with life's problems develops character. Dealing with life's problems increases our faith over time. You need to realize that you were selected by God for a choice work. You may not know in its entirety what that work entails, but I'm here to tell you this morning that you have been chosen by God for a selected work in His kingdom. But before He can use you, He's got to toughen you up a little bit. Some of y'all might say, well, I'm tough enough, amen, enough for the problems already, right? But God wants to toughen you up so that you can handle this choice work that He's got for you to do. He does this by allowing your faith to be strengthened with problems. Now, 
This process is not particularly enjoyable. Amen? Y'all going to have to spice it up a little bit now because I'm getting ready to get with it. All right? We know that our problems are not particularly enjoyable, but Peter gives us four insights into what we need to remember as God tests our faith. Listen to what Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 1. He says, in the midst of your problems, be truly glad. Now that's a twisted mentality right there, right? I mean, Peter must have had a screw loose to think that I ought to be glad in the midst of my problems. But he goes on. He says, there is wonderful joy ahead. There is wonderful joy ahead, although you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is real. These problems will show that your faith is genuine. It's being tested like fire tests gold, like fire purifies gold, although your faith is more precious than gold ever could be. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it brings you much praise, glory, and honor until Jesus comes for you. Amen? Problems strengthen faith. Friend, listen up. Your faith will grow stronger in the end if... Your faith will grow stronger in the end if, first of all, you'll remember whose you are. As a disciple of Christ, you are God's kid. Can I get an amen? You are God's kid and he loves you dearly. Your faith will grow stronger in the end if you'll remember whose you are. Your faith will also grow stronger in the end if you will remember what God has promised to you. Your father has promised his kid that you have, will have eternal life in Christ Jesus. Your faith will grow stronger in the end if you'll remember who it is that's going to see you through. Your father will protect his kid. Amen? He'll protect his kid until you reach your final destination in heaven. Amen? Furthermore, your faith will ultimately grow stronger if you'll remember why God allows you to go through problems. Your father wants your faith to be real. Your father wants your faith to be genuine so that when, you're, uh, when Jesus comes back for us, your life will prove to be honorable and praiseworthy when he returns. I mean, it's great to be on a mountaintop, isn't it? It's great when everything's going awesome all the time, isn't it? But you can't stay there forever. You can't stay on the mountaintop forever. More often than not, at the bottom of that mountain lies a hard reality. At the bottom of that mountain lies a really difficult problem. But listen up. If you're listening, say amen. Fruit grows best in the valley. Are you hearing me, church? Fruit grows best in the valley. And fruit grows best in the midst of problems. Fruit grows best in the midst of problems, not on the mountaintops where everything's going great all the time. So count it a privilege that when you're going through a problem, God is making your faith stronger and he's also growing fruit in your life. Your faith is proved genuine when you take what's learned on that mountaintop 
and you put it to practice in the valley. Problems make your faith grow stronger. But the second thing is, is that problems, your problems, actually help you to comfort other people. They actually help you to comfort other people. Listen to what Paul told the church at Corinth. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3, he wrote, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our problems, all of our tribulations, that. Now this word that is a key word. Because that, in this context, tells us why we're going through problems. That, in this context, tells us why we're going through trouble. That we may be able to comfort those who are going through problems of their own. That we, who are comforted, would be able to comfort those who are going through trouble with the comfort by which we ourselves are comforted by God. Now, friend, I believe that when the Apostle Paul wrote these words, he was writing these words through his own personal experiences. Paul had seen his share of problems. Paul had seen his share of trouble. He'd seen his share of suffering, especially as he served the Lord Jesus in the churches. There were times when Paul was shipwrecked. There were times when Paul was abandoned by his friends. There were times when Paul was pelted with stones and left for dead. Yet his faith remained strong. Why? Because Paul had learned to draw comfort from the Lord. And in so doing, as a result, Paul became a great source of encouragement to many other people. So the next time, friends, somebody ridicules you, the next time that somebody mocks you or rejects you because you're committed to Jesus, just remember Paul's words here. Just remember that no matter how great a problem you got, no matter how great a hardship you're going through, no matter how serious your trial is today, realize that Jesus is comforting you. He will comfort you so that you will be better equipped to comfort somebody else. So when we study those words, you know what I realize? I realize that my problems are not all about me. My problems are not all about me. My problems very well may be about you, so that I would become more equipped to help comfort you when you go through your problems. So no matter how great the problem is, know that you can draw comfort from the Lord by being better equipped to help somebody else. So problems strengthen our faith. Your problems are to be used to help comfort somebody else. But also, did you know that your problems are survivable? You're going to make it, Amen. When problems come into our lives, friend, you can do one of two things. You can become self-absorbed and say, look how difficult my problems are. Or you can keep your eyes on Jesus and say, I know that these problems I'm going through, 
are temporary. They're temporary. They will pass. You are going to go through them, but they will pass. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul focused on the temporary nature of his problems. And he did it by focusing on five important facts. And I want to share those with you this morning. Because first of all, Paul accepted the fact that these bodies we live in, they're weak. Amen? They're weak and they're mortal. Listen to what he said in 2 Corinthians 4, beginning in verse 6. For it is the God who commanded the light to shine out of the darkness, who is shown in our hearts to give the light. Say the light. The light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure, this light, this light of Jesus Christ. We have this treasure in what Paul said was earthen vessels. Weak vessels. Paul wasn't one to whine about his aches and pains. He didn't complain much about the challenges that he had physically. But Paul realized that the body he was living in was kind of like a fragile piece of pottery, an earthen vessel. And Paul understood that these bodies that we live in, God didn't make them to last forever. They do get sick, and at some point in the future, they do pass away. So we need to understand that we're not going to live forever, that these bodies we live in truly are weak and they are mortal. But here's a second fact that Paul realized. He realized that God's power is displayed in our weakness. Listen to this verse. He goes go on to say, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God, not of us. It's to be that God's power was to shine forth. Friend, if you become overly obsessed with your own problems, you'll never give God the chance to work through you. God, Paul recognized that God's glory can shine through our weaknesses. Here's another fact. He also realized that God never will abandon us. He'll never turn his back on us. Listen to what he said. He said, we're hard-pressed on every side, yet we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but we're not forsaken. We're not abandoned. We're struck down, but we're not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. Listen carefully to this. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus may be made manifest in our bodies. It's God's desire that the life of Jesus be made manifest through your life. And he'll never abandon you. He'll never turn his back on you. But here's a fourth fact. Did you know that problems can be witnessing opportunities? Did you know that people can be saved because of your problems? When people see you keeping the faith in the midst of your problems, guess what? Here it is. They tune in. They pay attention. 
people take notice when you keep the faith in the midst of your problems. On one occasion, after being arrested for preaching the good news, Paul and Silas were whipped, placed in leg irons, and thrown into prison. Right there in the midst of their problems, they began to pray. Right there in the midst of their problems, they began to sing praises to the Lord. And then in an unusual string of events, they were able to lead the jailer and ultimately his whole family to faith in Christ. Consider this. That jailer and his family may have never come to Christ if it weren't for Paul and Silas's problems. Who might come to Christ because of your problems? Here's the fifth fact. You and I have the hope of heaven. Listen to what Paul continued to write. Therefore, we don't lose heart in the midst of our problems. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, our easy problem, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal way to glory. For we don't look at the things which are seen. We look at the things that are unseen. Because the things that are seen are temporary. But the things that are unseen, friend, they are eternal. Friend, listen. In the scope of eternity... In the scope of eternity, your problems are but the blink of an eye. Over. Your problem, over. In the blink, amen. One day you're going to look back. And you're going to look at that problem. And that problem won't even be worthy of being mentioned. Compared to the promise of God and the eternal joys you're going to be having. Problems will strengthen your faith. Your problems will help you to comfort others. Your problems are survivable, church. But did you know that also your problems prove that God is with you? In a familiar story in Mark chapter 4, Mark writes, On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. And now when they had left the multitudes, they took him along in the boat as he was, and there were other little boats that were with him, and a great windstorm arose. Seems to me these disciples had a problem, amen? A great windstorm arose, and the waves beat on the boat. More problems. And so that the boat was already filling up with water. More problems. You ever had days when there's just problems on top of problems? Problems on top of problems, amen? That's the kind of day that these disciples were having. Problems on top of problems. But in verse 38, as he, Jesus, was in the stern, asleep on a pillar. Asleep on a pillar, they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, don't you even care that we're perishing? Then he arose, and he rebuked the wind, and he said to the sea, Peace be still, and you're never going to believe what happened. The wind ceased. The problem ceased, and the sea became calm. And then Jesus said to them, Why are you so fearful? Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? 
And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that the wind and the sea obey him? Who can this be that all my problems obey him? Wow. You see, no matter how big your problem may be, no matter how big your problems are, God is in control of your problems. These seasoned fishermen were worried frantically about their problem. Even though Jesus was right there with them, the Son of God is in the boat and they're still worried about their problem. They thought they were going to die. And I guess they thought the Son of God was going to die with them. But Jesus wanted them to learn three valuable lessons. He wanted them to learn, first of all, that Jesus is aware of your problem. Jesus is aware of your problem. Although Jesus, being fully human, needed physical sleep to recover his weary body, Jesus was fully aware of everything that was going on around him. But I want you to notice this. Listen carefully. It wasn't the violent storm that woke Jesus up. It wasn't the problem that woke Jesus up. It was the cry of his disciple that got Jesus' attention. And when he woke up, got his attention, he responded immediately and he responded powerfully. Jesus is aware of your problem. Peace came to their problem. Praise God. But the second lesson that Jesus wanted them to learn that day was that he will answer their call for help. The Lord will do the same for you, friend, in the midst of your problem that he did for these disciples in the midst of that storm. I think sometimes that Jesus just wants us to reach this, this point of desperation where we come to the realization that there is no one who can help us in our problems but God. Have you ever reached that place where only God can help you with your problems? Listen up, friend. Wherever you go as a child of God, Jesus is always on board with you. He's always in your boat. So Jesus is aware of your problem. Jesus will answer your call for help. But with his help, you're going to be perfectly able to make it through your problem. You see, every single one of us, every single one of us is going to face problems of some sort. But it's only, listen carefully to this, it's only the child of God who has promised the presence of God in the midst of their problems. It's only the child of God who has promised the presence of God in the midst of their storm. And just as Jesus did not leave his disciples in the midst of their storm, God won't leave you stranded in the midst of your problems either. Listen up, y'all. He never promised smooth sailing, but he did promise you safe passage. You're going to make it with his help. Paul wrote this. He said, I'm certain. 
I am certain that God who began a good work in you will complete his work until it is finally finished when Jesus returns for you. Your problems are there to strengthen your faith. Your problems are there to help you comfort others. Your problems, friend, are survivable. Your problems will prove that God is with you every step of the way. And with all that being said, that means that you and I can fully believe that God gives hope to troubled hearts. God gives hope to troubled hearts. Friend, have you ever been overwhelmed by a problem? Everybody do this. We've all been there. We've come to this place where we're overwhelmed by our problems. Have you ever felt troubled and uncertain about your future? Your family's future? We've all felt that uncertainty from time to time. Have you ever felt like, man, God's just unaware that my world has been turned upside down? You ever felt like that before? I think at some point or another we all have. Well, see, when Jesus was telling his disciples that he was going to be leaving soon, listen, that is exactly how his disciples felt. Man, that's just too overwhelming. We're going to supposed to continue this Christianity thing without our Savior? They didn't know what their future held. All they knew, they were troubled. Doesn't God care about us? Why are you leaving? That's exactly how they felt. Well, in John 14, Jesus responded to their concerns. In John 14, Jesus said, Let not your heart be troubled. Don't let your problems get the best of you. Let your heart not be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, listen to this, I'll come again. I'll come again and receive you unto myself that where I am there you may also be. And where I go you know and the way you know. And then Thomas, doubting Thomas, stuck his nose in it and he said, Lord, we don't know where you're going and we don't know the way. And Jesus responded and he said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And no man comes to the Father except through me. In that passage, Jesus gives three quick reasons why you and I can have peace in the midst of our problems. Three ways that you and I can have peace in the midst of our trouble. He said, why are you troubled? Let not your problems get the best of you. Here's the way to have peace while you need not be troubled in the midst of your problems. One, you can take God at his word. God keeps his promises. I don't know about you, and I know sometimes I haven't kept my promises, but God always keeps his promises. When Jesus said, believe in God, believe also in me, do you know what he was reminding his disciples of? He was reminding his disciples that they needed to trust God's word, that not only would Jesus die on a cross like that, but then he would also be gloriously resurrected one day. Somehow, the disciples missed that. They caught the death part, but they missed the resurrection part. 
we can take God at his word. Sometimes I think that you and I forget that, to look at the whole picture. Sometimes I think that all we can see is our overwhelming prom, problems in front of us. But Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but by my word will by no means pass away. You can take God at his word. But he also said, the re second reason for peace is that you and I are going to heaven. You and I are going to heaven one day. So the next time you face a problem, whether it be a physical problem, an emotional problem, a relational problem, an occupational problem, a mental problem, or a spiritual problem, I want to encourage you to put it in perspective. Put it in perspective remembering that, friend, you are en route to heaven. You're on your way to heaven. Your problems, your troubles, your adversities, and your afflictions are only temporary. And when you're in the presence of the Lord, there'll be no more fear. There'll be no more pain. There'll be no more death. There'll be no more sorrow. There'll be no more problems. And you'll be singing that Fred Astaire song. It showed up in one of my favorite movies, The Green Mile. Anybody ever seen The Green Mile before? The Green Mile. The angelic John Coffey is getting ready to face execution. And they asked him, what would you like for us to do before you're executed? And he said, well, I ain't never seen a flicker show. He never seen a movie. So they take him to a theater and it's an old time, and I guess probably in about the 30s or so. And Fred Astaire singing that song. Heaven, I'm in heaven. And my heart beats so that I can hardly speak. And I seem to find the happiness I see. When I'm dancing with my Jesus cheek to cheek. I added that last part. Amen. But that's what I would say. Heaven. I'm in heaven. Friends, sing that song. Remember, you're on your way. You're on your way to heaven. But there's a third reason why you can have peace in the midst of your problems. And that is because Jesus Christ is coming back for you. He's coming back for you. Did you notice in verse 3 of John 14... Jesus said, I will come again. I will receive you unto myself that where I am, you may also be. That's interesting. What does that mean? Jesus means I'm coming to get you. I'm coming to get you. Jesus said, I'm not going to send an angel for you. I'm not going to send anybody else to get you. I'm going to come get you myself. I'm going to personally escort you to my father's house. So in the midst of your problems, remind yourself, friend, that God cares for you. That God cares for you and he loves you so much that he's coming back personally to get you. And he's going to carry you. All of his children. Back to the Father's house where we can live with Him forever. 
The only question is, is are you a child of God? Are you a child of God? John 1, 12, the Bible says, but as many as received him, as many as received Jesus, to them he gave the right to become, here we go, children of God to those who believe in his name. Are you a child of God today? According to that verse, if you believe in the name above all names, the name of Jesus Christ, you can become a child of God today. And when you do become a child of God, you're going to realize that the problems you go through, they're just meant to strengthen your faith. The problems you endure, they're meant to help you comfort others. The problems you go through, hey, listen, y'all, they're survivable. Your problems, friend, prove that God is with you and not against you. And they also prove that God will give you hope for a troubled heart, even in the midst of your problems. Let me pray for you. Father in heaven, we praise you and we thank you so much for our problems. Now, Lord, people might hear that and they may think, wow, that's kind of a twisted mentality to be praising God for problems. But, Lord, we know that they're meant for our good. Lord, we know that they're meant to strengthen our faith. We know that they're meant to give us equipment to help comfort others. We know that they're survivable. Lord, we know that they prove that you're with us every step of the way. So, Father, when our hearts get troubled, remind us that one day, Lord, you're going to come get us. And we're going to be in heaven. And there will be no more. No more problems of any kind. Father, if there's one here today that recognizes that they are not a child of God because they have not received Jesus and believed in his name, Lord, I pray that today would be their day. And Lord, for the child of God that is enduring problems today, I pray that you would help them to put their problems in perspective, to keep their eyes on the prize, knowing that you will never leave them or forsake them. Thank you for loving us like you do, even in the midst of our problems. In Jesus' name we pray these things, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Please stand with